Welcome friends to Consider Yourself Hugged episode 47. Today's hug, life lessons from Disney Marathon. Another chat with my son. I am Dr. Tammy West here every week to bring you tips on living a life that brings you mental and emotional well-being. You may have noticed a different intro. Just uh, what I wanted to do was have some sounds from this past weekend from the Disney Marathon. And in the show notes, I'll put some sights. So you'll have some sights and sounds. I got to tell you, this will probably be one of the most off-the-cuff episodes I've ever done. In fact, I'm I'm sitting in the podcast closet. It's Monday around 11.15. My son, Jamie, is calling in in 15 minutes, and we are going to do a post-interview from his marathon run, his first ever, yesterday. And so we talked about actually doing it yesterday, but... Well, no, it just wasn't going to happen. And you'll understand why as he kind of talks about the marathon. So I wrote him this morning and said, well, will you have any time at all today to do it? And if you can't, then I'm going to do one on my own just to share what it meant to me. And then, I don't know, you and I can talk later. And he was like, no, 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 no. So I wanted to get as much done now as I could. So I don't know, you know, as the as I transition into the show, who knows whether this intro will fit or whether it won't fit. But I thought, you know, before I actually talked to him, the one thing I wanted to do was just give you a one or two, I don't know, whatever's going to come out of my mouth, sort of, I guess, pre-lessons before the marathon ever started. Before I do that, let me just say it was, the whole thing was so powerful. Um, I I had no idea. I mean, I thought we were just going to go and, and just woohoo, cheer him on and cheer him on. But there were tears like with me and my daughter and her friend, it was just, I don't know, we'll talk about it during the episode, but it was so powerful. I guess it was mainly just the inspiration of everything that was happening. But but just a quick pre-lesson to back up, because this really spoke to me too. When he first told me he was running the marathon, I was thinking, well, of course I'll go. Um, How am I going to get there? I wasn't even really thinking about how it was right after the holidays and the holidays are expensive. And so I looked at flights, a couple weeks ago, I don't know, maybe a month ago, and and it was going to be upwards of $300. I thought, well, I don't want to do that. It's really only a 10-hour drive, so I thought, well, I'll just drive. And a week ago, maybe, I thought, well, let me just look again. There's no way, right? That's what I'm saying. There's no way I'm going to find a flight that I can afford this late. And I found a flight for $80. I'll post pictures, too, of of sort of the the, the impact of, of this flight, but... Um, Gosh, now I'm saying that sounding like something amazing happened. It really didn't. But for me, it kind of was because this flight, and those of you who follow me on Facebook probably already know this, this was like a cheap rock bottom flight. You know, you could not bring a checked bag on unless you paid for it. You had to pay, of course, for a checked bag. You can only bring like a personal item. You could not choose your seat until after check-in. But I'm like, I don't care. So I'm I'm getting these emails, which I appreciate, reminding me like the day of, Okay, we're just reminding you, you don't, you didn't pay for a check bag and it's really expensive at the gate. Okay, you didn't pick your seat. Are you sure you don't want to? And I'm like, no, 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 because I was so proud of this $80 round trip flight. So the day came, I checked in, I got a window seat, which is my favorite. I got an exit row and there was no one sitting beside me. Ah, 
check-in was easy. My little backpack fit right under the seat. I rolled up the clothes I was going to wear the next day. My daughter had like PJs I could wear. I mean, a lot of things had to fall in place for you to be able to just take an $80 flight with a tiny backpack. But I did it. And then on the way back, basically the same thing. I checked in. I got an aisle seat. But, you know, the seats in that particular plane were super hard and the tray table was barely bigger than my hand. But I'm like, it's $80. It's an hour and a half flight. Who cares? But the life lesson, as I was processing this on my walk this morning, was just how often we say, no, I can't or I have to. And I I think I may have even said it. Like, well, I have to drive. You know, I don't want to pay for a flight. Or, no, there's no way I'll be able to find a flight that I can afford. But if I had stayed in that mentality, I never even would have tried. And then I would have been driving 10, 11 hours down there. And and by the way, I had to get up Saturday for my flight. I had to get up at 4. And then Sunday for the marathon, we had to get up at 2. And then my flight last night, Sunday night, didn't take off until 11. And I got home at midnight. So there was basically 24 hours of no sleeping. But that was a choice, right? And I just kept telling myself, even if something bad happens and the flight gets delayed, it's really fine. I'm going to get home. I'm going to make it. This was all what I wanted. And it did work out well. If it hadn't worked out well, this might be a different podcast, but it did work out well. And that really began sort of these life lessons to start out with this marathon. So you, you've you heard a little bit about my son in the past. We've had a couple of chats. I don't know what exactly is going to take place today, but he's on a limited time schedule. So whatever comes out will come out. And I'm going to go ahead and stop now and just say, I'm so excited about the lessons that he learned, but also the lessons I learned. So here we go. Life lessons from Disney Marathon. I was, I was surprised at, Lindsay was too, I think, and Mary, how much it affected us just watching you. So I can't imagine being in your head. Um, but I know that you had some life lessons, some thoughts. I read your post, which by the way, I'll put a link to, if that's okay. In the show notes. Yeah, Could have left the F word out. I'm just saying, but anyway, cause you know, <laughs> I don't think it would have been accurate without that word. Oh, that was the only word, huh? Well, it's just like, uh, it was just really, really hard. I know. Um, and my training had not, I mean, my training had been challenging and there had been challenging moments, but it wasn't anywhere near that hard. Uh, I mean, like it was like at mile 20, 21, it was like apocalyptic hard. It was like, how am I even gonna? I'm not gonna make it. Yeah, but you, you know, I had to like, just fight for every foot, I guess. Because I was just in so much pain. Well, let's pretend then that that was like sort of, well, it was toward the end, but we're doing like a movie and we're starting there toward the end. Now let's back up. Because um, you said you're training. I think it's important to talk about just for a minute, like why did you decide to run this marathon? Because you've, you know, you've been through a lot. You've had some changes. Why a marathon? Um, well, I- I'd always admired people who did marathons and thought it was 
you know, especially compared to what I was used to doing, like such an ad, like admirable and almost unfathomable thing. What What do you mean compared to what you were used to doing? You mean physically? well, I'd run a I'd run a half once and I didn't prepare, and you know, I was uh, I got kind of hurt, uh, and but I'd done a ten miler before, which I was prepared for, and I was really proud of accomplishing that. And then I sort of fell off running, but just you know, like given my high watermark was like a half marathon that, that I barely made it through. Yeah. Uh, thinking about doing twice that, mm. uh, it was, it was sort of unfathomable. So I think it, it was, it was something that I'd always wanted to do. I thought it was like a big accomplishment. And then also, um, in, in the particular moment when I decided to do it, I was feeling like a lack of control yeah and there's some stuff i was working on and i thought well this is something that's completely in my control i can i can get up and go run i can run every saturday i can prioritize it so uh follow a plan i can prepare i can yeah of course and the so, day of you found out there were some things that were not in your control right. <laughs> but don't go there yet yeah, yeah and so and more or less, I followed the plan. I did did the work. Uh, I didn't skip a single long run. Uh, I I skipped a bunch of short runs, which I think uh, probably would have helped my speed a little bit. But the, the skipping the short runs were not my problem. Uh, and yeah, and so and and really, uh, I wrote on on the Facebook post. I think the. The, the the prep itself, the, the training itself was actually like the best part of the whole thing. I really looked forward to it and- You uh, did, I mean, you never talked about it with, like you came home for Christmas, you ran, we went to Orlando for Thanksgiving, you ran and it didn't ever come out like a, a burden, you know? No, cause it, it was just like really enjoying, first of all, just, running in different places, um, the feeling of progress, the, the actual concrete progress of increasing in mileage, the fact that you can really do it anywhere. You don't have to, you know, it's not like, oh crap, they don't have running here. You can go and <laughs> do it anywhere. And so, and you know, I ran in San Francisco where I, I live and I really grew quite fond of that run. I ran in Central Park in New York City. I ran through Rock Creek Park in DC. I ran at home in Tennessee. I ran in Orlando. And so I got to... So you were just like Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah. But in, <laughs> My favorite I, movie, of course, you know, by the way. Oh, of course I know. And, and I, uh, you know, the, like those experiences of, of, you know, I lived in DC for 10 years and I never went on a run like that through Rock Creek Park. Yeah. And it was a beautiful fall day, and you know, just the the it, it was just a really blissful feeling of being out there. And of course, the the weather was great and great for running. It's like 40, 50 degrees. Uh, well, it was just really good. So when you decided, because I mean, you already know this. I don't know if you it, all the whole time during this marathon. So I'm expecting, okay, I'll fly in. We'll go, woo, you know, cheer him on and just the emotions for I'm assuming other people too. I know Lindsay and Mary and me like all day long. I was just like 
having these moments of, and you know, I'm not a big crier, but I just could not help it. There were just tears and crying. And as I watched people, um, well, like when we were going through magic kingdom. So if you've, you know, if you're listening and don't know anything about the Disney run, part of it is through the parks, which I'm sure he'll talk about in a minute. But so we go into, into magic kingdom and you're standing by the castle and you're on main street and these people are going by. And then we hear at the finish line, you know, we're hearing stories. I'm, it opens with people in wheelchairs doing these races. And then you said you saw the man with the, I lost 250 pounds. I mean, do you think it was just so inspiring? And do you think that that's like a big part of people who run marathons is that they've been through stuff? I mean, what, what were you thinking when you were seeing all these people and knowing that, cause you have story too. And we've talked before. I think most people, like if you're listening and you don't know his story, I'll put a link to, some a couple of other chats is this what were you thinking about all these people's stories well i think that you you really start thinking about that at like mile 20 and 21 where people who are like the fittest people are, are like stopped at the side of the road stretching or or you know walking or and then people who, you know, are, are people who you, you wouldn't think would be beating them are like still still going and you realize uh, that everyone is sort of fighting their own battle uh, in, in, in the race. And everyone is, is, you know, some people have injuries. Like I had hurt my ankle and was still recovering from that. Other people had had like more substantial injuries. Other people... Yeah, you'd hurt your ankle before on a on a practice run and yes. did your best to let it heal up and push through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, other people are fighting like mental and emotional trauma. Like there's, and it, when you are at like mile in 2021, 20, 20, at mile 20, most people run out of muscle glycogen. And so they're just completely running on fumes basically. And they call that the wall. Uh, and after that, it's sort of just a, a kind of free for all. You know, everyone does well. Just everyone does what they can to 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 push through it. So it's it's not you can't prepare for it. It's not you don't know what it's going to look like for you. You don't know how it's going to affect you. But once you kind of hit that stage, and for me, it was like I had to start walking and running because I was just in so much pain in my, my hips and my feet that. Uh, I just couldn't keep uh, couldn't keep running the whole time. Um, but in, anyways, you see everyone who's dealing with that stuff in their own ways, and you realize like the only reason that people choose to do this, it, it, and I think especially in contrast, like contrasting to like a half marathon where people can finish this quite easily and and they can work on their speed and they can quite easily. Well, for I mean, compared to a marathon, okay. Well, I was running, you know. For for probably six weeks before the marathon, I was running at least twelve miles every week. I know it's just funny to hear you say you can run thirteen miles quite yeah. easily. <laughs> but but you can't. I mean, nobody can in a marathon just because of our physiology as humans. You have you, you hit that wall. You, you lose your glycogen. You have to your your body starts to to sort of prioritize how much blood it sends to each organ. It's really your it, it's it, it puts your entire body in a really stressed physiological state and so the only reason people choose to do something like that i think is because uh they, they want to prove something to themselves or they uh, 
they want to uh, see what they're capable of, or they, uh, they they want to learn something about themselves. And so I think everyone probably who does that has some type of uh, story or, or reason that they're doing it. Do you think that at that wall, um, which also, so the practice runs, the furthest you go is 20, correct? Yes. Okay, so you've you've really not gotten... The, the marathon is where you push yourself you know, past yes. that 20. Do you think that running alone, you would have been able to hit that wall and then continue to go? Do you think that it's the group knowing, no. like you said, a I mean, maybe it would have been much harder. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, like, I, I think seeing people was pretty inspirational. Uh, also like, I think around between mile and 20 and 21. Uh, so there people who are pacers, which means they run at like a consistent speed and they hold up flags, you know, if you're like yeah. by them that you're going that pace. Uh, and there was like a group of people who were doing walk, like half walk, like walking for 45 seconds, running for 45 seconds, doing that the whole time. And so I ran into a group of those people between mile 20 and 21. And I followed them until they were going too fast for me, which was about a mile and a half or two miles. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I don't think I would have, I mean, it would have been much, much harder to get through the, the race had I not found those people for, for just a, you know, 20 or 30 minutes. So what were, I mean, go ahead and talk for just a minute about some of the elements that were out of your control. Cause then I want to ask you too about a few, like what happened here, what happened there, what were you thinking, but just kind of walk us through a little bit, a marathon, the part that's in your control, right? And I'm thinking of these of these life lessons. You know, one of them is you wanted to do something where you had control, because um, that helps you kind of get back on track and move forward in life. But what about the part? You know, talk about the the things in the marathon that were out of your control. What made it more difficult than you thought? Uh, the day didn't start out great. Uh, no, it did not. I was there. So, yeah, talk about that. So Lindsay, my sister, she lives 20 minutes from Epcot, maybe. Yeah, maybe 16 to 20, very close. And we left, what time did we leave? It was, it was 2.55, so well before and, a.m. And we were supposed to be there at, at 3.30. Um, and instead, we, we sat in traffic for almost two hours. Uh, I got, there were people, there was a massive, massive traffic jam. People were getting out of their cars. At one point I got out of the car, then found that the, the, the traffic was moving, so I got back in the car. Uh, and so they put all this effort into like the, the sort of pre-marathon festivities. There was like bands playing and the characters are there and it's the whole thing. And so- To get you pumped up and here you go and- and so, you know, the moment I got there, I was just in my corral uh, waiting for, for the race to start. But there were hundreds of people behind me, uh, if not thousands of people behind me. And so because of, of the congestion, they ended up moving the start of the race forward like almost 30 minutes. Um, but because the, there was a heat advisory, that ended up pushing people basically 30 more 30 minutes, minutes into heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Uh, which ultimately ended up causing them to end the marathon early for uh, a lot of people who uh, were, were a little slower. Um, so, uh, but, it, you know, it, it was like 
70 degrees with like a hundred percent humidity when we started. Yeah. You could see it in the air. It was, it was dark, but you, so with the, the lights up, you could just see it. It was just dense. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the time we finished, it was over 80 with the, the same amount of hum, almost the same amount of humidity. And so, um, by, by contrast, you know, I trained in San Francisco where it's like between 50 and 60 and not humid at all. Uh, and so even though I trained on hills in San Francisco and I thought that, that would give me an edge, uh, it, just, just the weather um, was- Took was that edge out. right so, away, didn't it? Yeah, it took, took the edge away. I also ran too quickly at the beginning. I was trying to follow my race pace from the half marathon, uh, but for probably a bunch of reasons that the heat uh, most prominently uh, that ended up screwing me up for the rest of the time. And it was just sort of a, a mm. kind of a spiral of things. So um, I, I guess I've been talking about this as if it was a failure. It wasn't a failure. I made it through and I made it through and like, no, I don't think anybody's, I don't think anybody's hearing it that way at all. We're just talking about the, the factors yeah. you didn't really have control over and how it affected you. But I can't keep, I, I just haven't been able to find like any joy out of this experience because I think it just pushed me so hard and took well, so much out of me. Well, let me say though, make sure, you know, if you're listening, this was just yesterday. So, yeah. you know, this was barely 24 hours ago that, that he finished well, this. Yeah. And I look at the whole experience overall was good. In fact, I signed up for the New York marathon this morning. I saw that. Uh, and uh, which is in November, <laughs> two days before election day. Uh, oh, wow. Um, which I think will actually end up being a very good thing. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I just felt like when I woke up this morning and, and still, I just felt like very spent. Well, what do you think? Like I'm still having trouble wrapping my head around being able to push past that point um because like i just think about the days because i i used to run and in fact i don't know how this is going to proceed but yesterday Lindsay and i were both just so inspired even before the run even started that we all talked about doing this run this was before the, the race doing this run together next year and there's something called the dopey challenge where you do what is it jamie a 5k a 10k a half marathon 10K. Oh, it's, I thought it was four things. It's three. 5K, 10K, half marathon. Oh, you're at, okay. So that you do that, uh, you do that all on the same weekend. And so we were like, oh, well, um, so Michael, Jamie's younger brother has been running. So maybe he could do the half or the marathon. Jamie could do the dopey challenge and Lindsay and I would do the half marathon. We're like, woohoo. And then afterwards it was like, yeah. Oh, cause one other thing you didn't talk about and I'll come back to that. Talk about the course what was unexpected about the course? Well, it, so the course began at Epcot and it, the entire, the entirety of the course in the beginning at Epcot, it was dark. Uh, so you're just kind of running, you don't see anything. And then the, the vast majority of the course was just on like back roads and highways. I'm gonna post a picture of that because I took a couple of pictures so you can see, and especially if you are a runner, a marathon runner, I just want you to see how nothingness was, was there. So, and, and so contrasting with like, you know, I'd run a half marathon in November, which was in San Francisco, which was 
over the Golden Gate Bridge and back, which was just just an overwhelmingly positive experience. It was the weather was great. It was beautiful. There were people there. You know, running along the Golden Gate Bridge is an amazing experience uh, that I really loved. And this was just flat back roads uh, and there were people. Yeah, no people on the roads. And then the like a, a thing that I just had like could not care less about which a lot of people really loved was like stopping to take photos with the the characters but the lines were like 10 people long and I'm, just the idea of like even once stopping for five or ten minutes to take like a photo with with like a, a mascot in a costume was just not that interesting to me <laughs> Pete, uh, Disney fan, if you're a Disney fan out there listening, you're like, <gasps> blasphemy, a mascot and a, these are real minis and minis. Yeah, and I just, I was like, this is stupid. I, and I was like, I, I, I kind of like had this negative voice in my head. I was like, you got to stop thinking about this this way. Um, and, but the, you know, the, 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 when we did get in the parks, which is maybe a grand total of 10 minutes, uh, and, uh, wait. I'm not sure that I understood that you said that before. Are you saying the whole, out of the whole, because your time was like five hours, 10 minutes? Yes. 10 minutes was in the park? Maybe, maybe 20. Oh my gosh. I guess I didn't realize it was that low. Okay, yeah. so go ahead. So. And so you had these like very brief moments where like you guys were there, there are people like cheering you on and you get a lot of energy and you're like, okay, this is cool. You're in the park, you're running through the, you know the, the castles right there yeah. you run through the castle the uh, you know the people are cheering you on and then you know it's just back on the, these sort of like uh the, these back roads you run next to a sewage treatment plant uh, you know and so i uh i guess i wasn't i wasn't expecting that and so a lot of like the the presuppositions about like why you look forward to races they just weren't true in that case it didn't pan out so um by the way if you're listening and for some reason you didn't listen to the beginning i did promise you that this was off the cuff and maybe all over the place which sorry i keep going back and forth but i did warn you so let me go back so when i i said that we talked about maybe running together but so my i think my question was I still can't wrap my head around how you push through because even in my past days of running, um, I mean, I was only running a few miles and I, I physically there were days where I would just have to, I remember there was one day I had to several days I had to have Tim come and pick me up because my body just went, no, you're not going any further. And it was like three or four miles. So I still can't wrap my head around how you can make your body go forward and you may not have a specific answer to that um, when physically you're just, you're just, your body's well, shutting down. I, I think. You said it's mental. That's where I'm. Yeah. Well, I, I pretty much, especially towards the end, I, when I say I like gave it everything I got, uh, I put everything, the, like my my entire self-worth my entire ego everything that i had into every step so it was like if you have any strength if you have any courage if you have any uh 
you know, uh, energy and you have to, you have to put it into this next thing. And honestly, the, the whole time I, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about, uh, seeing you guys at the finish line. And I was thinking about how, uh, how, how grateful I was that you guys were there and that I would be able to, to see you at the finish line. And so, but I would, you know, I'd be walking for 30 seconds a minute and then, I would just be like, look, I, you, I do not want to run right now, but you have to. And I would just sort of just like launch off and start running. And sometimes I would be running for like 45 seconds, a minute and a half. And other times I'd be running for five minutes and then I just have to keep walking again. And it was just, it was, it was that it was like, just, it was just trying to dig as deep as I could and find the will to keep going. So I'm going to ask you two things. You can answer in whichever order. Um, what was the lowest point and what was your most like inspirational point where you just felt like you could just, you knew you could push on um, maybe when you went from lowest to highest. The lowest point was, there were two low points. Like one of them was around mile 13 where I realized that I was, my time was, rapidly degrading and I was in pain and I just knew I was going to be in pain for the rest of the race. Um, and was the pain related to, cause we talked a little bit about you would hurt your ankle, which may have affected your hips, which is it? Well, I, I think it was a combination of probably the ankle thing, uh, like the heat generally, probably some dehydration caused by the heat, so probably everything. Not, not having enough glycogen and my muscles, uh, probably having run too fast at the beginning for the heat. It was just like a so bunch a of combination. Yeah. 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 That, yeah that's kind of sucks to realize that early on that you're having that pain. Okay, go ahead. And then, uh, at around mile, a little after mile 20, where I realized that I was going to have to walk and run the rest of the way. Uh, and then miles 20, at least miles 20 through 23 were, were better because I was with, from the most of the time with that pacing group and then miles 23 so it was people yes people the support yeah miles, miles 23 through 26 i i barely even remember them it was just like a it, it was it, it was tough it, i i don't even think i re, it, it would be like mile 24 and i wouldn't even remember how i got from 23 to 24 i was just somehow yeah. getting there Kind of a blessing, maybe, huh? Yeah. Uh, and the the best moment um, seeing you guys at Magic Kingdom was was great. Um, I, I think you really do get energy from the spectators and from the cheering and from the signs and from your family, and uh, which there wasn't really that much of as we talked about there. Um, I, you know, what's funny is I was hoping you, you would hope to say, Oh, crossing the finish line was the best moment, but it wasn't. I, I was just like, I was so tired and spent and done and was just like, I, I, I uh, a little delirious. And yeah, I have to tell you as a, as a mom, you know, so we, Lindsay, my daughter and her friend, Mary, we were, well, first of all, we had, we tried to chase him all over the park, which there were parks where we could not see him, but, um, we were very strong and we ran about five to six miles that day. So we were, we did sacrifice for you. 
<laughs> but we we took the monorail. We were trying to go from park to park. And when we got to the finish line, so we got there in plenty of time and we're recording. Like all of us are recording. On my phone, I probably have 10, like 20 minute segments. All of us do. We would record and then stop and record and then stop just to make sure it wasn't a big blur. And then right before you got there, this man, Lindsay let this man get in front of her really quick because his runner was almost there. And then I looked up and you were there. Um, so we didn't get that. We didn't get a picture. We didn't get that on video. But I'll tell you, I mean, your face was, it just looked like you had been in a war and you just got out and you saw like a promise at the end. I can't even, I don't know. It just... It, it 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 both broke my heart but made me so proud of you like at the same time and i knew your body was just done it was done and t what it, you stopped right like i ran over to lindsay and lindsay was like you have to keep going like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like oh i'm gonna stop here and the whole they're like no this is not you <laughs> you have to move along but um all right so low points and high points and then if, if you were just talking to somebody about, cause, cause the biggest inspiration for me was first of all, like as your mother and seeing you do this and seeing you change your life and watching you push through, it, it also broke my heart to see you in pain. And then just as a person, just, I never, if you've never been to any sort of a marathon, which I never had, I just didn't realize it was so inspirational. And even though I didn't hear it, like, people's I didn't really talk to a lot of people about their stories it didn't matter like as soon as I knew then everybody I watched cross the finish line I thought oh my gosh you know you've done this for whatever reason and it just it just blew me away and inspired me so what are are there any other lessons that came out of this for me because you have talked about the hard stuff but I would think that you would a marathon is hard what about not necessarily I don't know if you want to use the word joy but what are some of the good things that you've learned from this that other people could hear and say, wow, okay, I get that. If I go through hard stuff on purpose, what can I gain from it? Well, I think the cruel irony for me was I think the, you run a marathon, but that's a, that's a result of like hundreds of miles that, that you run and training to, to get ready and your body totally changes physiologically there are all these changes that happen in your body that prepare you to do that um and that process to, to me is was worth way more than the the, the marathon itself so did you think that I, would be the case um no i don't i don't think so i mean i knew that i wanted to like do a thing that that i that I can be like accountable for and do every week, but I didn't think I would love the process so much. And ultimately, you know, when you think about it with, with more perspective, that makes sense because you can kind of flip a coin as to how you're going to feel in a given day, what the weather is going to be like, what, you know, mm -hmm. how you're going to perform if you're going to trip and hurt your ankle two weeks before, if you're going to trip and hurt your ankle that day, like you don't know. Um, but over a period of months, uh, you have a lot more opportunities to, uh, to to enjoy things, to get more perspective, to to figure out what you like and what you don't like. Um, sorry, someone's calling me. I forgot. I mixed up time zones. Um, you you have all these opportunities to to figure that stuff out. Um, and 
so for me, I, I just discovered I really loved running in San Francisco. I really loved uh, being outside of being in nature. I mean, I knew that, but like you just for, for long periods of time. And so that was really enjoyable. So you, also, all, you ran for an all encompassing experience of your senses, right? It yes. was, it was everything. It was spiritual. It was physical. It was mental. Yeah. And so, um, and so I really loved that. Uh, and um, the, the other thing was just watching yourself improve and being able to, you know, you do more miles than you've ever run, uh, like one week, you do 16 miles. And then, you know, maybe your prior experiences, you did something like that, like you run a half marathon, you're done. You're like, oh no, well, the next week you're gonna run 18 miles. And so hmm. being able to have the experience over and over and over again, where you were doing something you've never done before, and each was like progressively harder in different ways than the last uh, was, was really valuable. Um, and just having that time to myself and to, to, oh, to yeah. be, be with myself and uh, uh, not have to, uh, and, and to, to, to know that I was prioritizing that time and to, to know that it wasn't just about being myself, but that I was improving myself with every moment. That was really nice. And so and that's the reason, you know, I signed up for this, this next marathon and I, I won't, sorry. Do you, but, do you think it's safe to say that you learned more from this because it was harder, you know, or yeah, and I think I need time to like process. time to process, but like, I think, yeah, I, I think had it been like easy, I would have been like, Oh great. Like marathons are fun and easy and everyone should do it. But, and maybe there was a scenario where the weather was perfect and, uh, like I had rolled my ankle and I was well, well, like had nutrition. Sorry, I was well fed and uh, not dehydrated. But like that was sort of like what I'd prepared for. And uh, but you don't always get what you prepare for, and so learning to react to stuff, yeah, is really important. That's true. And then you know, as an outward focus too let's not take lightly that it benefited it was leukemia and lymphoma yeah is that right yes. so so the run for that was definitely to help those people too did you did you meet anybody else along the way that that touched you in any way uh i mean I didn't, people helping you yeah i didn't really have any like a lot of conversations with people i i think i was uh pretty solitary the whole time. Uh, one thing that I'll probably take to the next race is maybe running with a pacing group or like being oh, a little more social about prep or like I, I think about the training. I think I, I don't think I would have done it differently. I had to do it again of doing all the, the training by myself because I think I really appreciated and enjoyed that time. But if I want to get better and I want to like enjoy more aspects of the sport, I think like involving more people uh, in my work or my training and then the race itself will be good. Well, and you couldn't have known that you couldn't have, I mean, that's, you do these things and then you learn 
what parts you would do differently next time or, you know, what you liked, what you didn't like, how you would change it. Um, I think two big things just to kind of close things out. Cause I know you, you have work to do is with this marathon is on both spectator and runner level is, you know, just finding something that you can push yourself in. We've talked about this and you can't judge everybody else should do this just because you did it. But I think anybody should find something where they can just push yourself, you know, just it, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it is, we need to grow um, and, and learn things. And then also be inspired by people, you know, make sure that you have things in your world that inspire you because that, that did for me yesterday and I had no idea that it would. So jumping out there, going to things that are, outward focus this was benefit a benefit to leukemia and lymphoma it was a, a good cause just whatever it is find something that inspires you can you think of anything else you want to add before we wrap up yeah well i think finding something that inspires you and finding a thing that you'll be okay being uncomfortable in mm. that like you like I kept reminding myself, especially in the worst parts, that these are just like feelings. They don't really mean anything. They just, they of course mean a lot of things. I mean, your body's hurt and they mean that you should uh, probably rest at some point or that you should get water or whatever. But like outside of that, they, they don't mean anything. You just feel them. And so the more that I felt like in that time I could distance myself from the actual experience of having the, uh, of feeling that way, the better off I was. And I think that's like a really good lesson for any part of life is that hmm. like I, if, if I had, if I had taken every bit of pain and thought about how awful it felt and how uh, sad I was and how uh, mm-hmm and how much of a disaster this marathon was, I probably wouldn't have finished. But if I just said, hey, like, this is just the way that you feel and like. Yeah, I mean, that's that's got so many lessons. Like, I don't know, let me phrase it this way. It sounds like, so if you're going through this marathon, the two things that could cause you to quit are your physical body or your thoughts and emotions. Yes. So your thoughts and emotions, you can definitely have control and push past your physical body. I mean, if you passed out and fell out or broke your leg, that would be the end of it. But other than those physical things, pushing through that and knowing that those things don't have to make you stop. Well, and it's not, it's not forever. It's like, okay, like I feel like, well, I, I guess at some points I like didn't really know how I was going to get through, but I just felt like I probably could, but it would be really hard. And so as long as you have kind of like faith that it's not forever and that you, and you don't let like those emotions own you, um, that was the biggest lesson. But, um, and I'm also, you know, like I've been kind of in a funk today and I'm trying to like contextualize that. Like my, Serotonin, like store in my brain, is probably completely depleted because I just had just so much going on in my head yesterday. It was probably going to take a while for my hormones to get back in whack. Like there's like a there's like a lot of stuff that that happened, so I don't have to like be on bad stuff. I just have to like 
understand it exists and move on. Well, as your mother, I'm telling you to schedule some time for recovery. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything physical until Friday. No, I'm talking about also mental, emotional, resting, all of those things. Yeah. So schedule. Well, this will be different from my uh, usual DC trips because, as you know, I've not been drinking for a month. So I can just say, hey, recovering from a marathon. No outings, no parties, no drinking. <laughs> all right. Well, those are words a mother always loves to hear. So thank you. All right, darling. Well, proud of you and you are going to inspire a lot of people and I appreciate your words and I'll put the links and pictures and a couple of video clips and things in the show notes so people can see. And if they, uh, I'll put your Twitter feed as well. Cause that's a quick place to maybe pop out questions or whatever. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Thanks. Bye. And sadly, that's our time for today. I hope that you will do something soon that might make you uncomfortable, but that might also inspire other people. And also put yourself in situations where you will be inspired by other people. You know, life is about things you can control, you can't control, growing, stretching, overcoming. Stories are everywhere. Remember, this month I'll draw from comments on the show notes and give away a copy of Power Phrases. I'm also excited to remind you that in 2020 I'm expanding my communication and I'll be doing topics like, uh, well, communication coaching. I'll be doing topics like relational communication, workplace communication, giving presentations. And I have that free class, that virtual webinar coming up in February called Giving Killer Presentations. I'm accepting 10 people. It's super interactive. Check out the link. I think I have two slots left. Um, As always, please pass the show link along to a friend or two and subscribe, download, and review wherever you are listening. It helps so much. Head over to my website, TammyWest.com, to get information if you would like for me to speak at your next event. And also, I would love for you to follow me on Facebook, my primary social media home at Facebook.com slash Tammy West Seminars. Um, Also, when you go to the show notes there, and the link will be here, you can find the pictures and videos and links to Jamie's other stuff. Thank you so much for listening, starting out here in 2020 and growing our special community. And our new mantra, remember, I pray that each day you remember to love, to serve, to feel worthy, to grow, to connect, to change, and to be the best person you can be for yourself and for the other humans in your world. And until next time, consider yourself...